0: St. John, chapter 12, verse 31. Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. This, he said, signifying what death he should die. Can we say now together? Now is the judgment of this world. The word judgment gives the thought of a crisis. When it shall be determined who is going to rule this world. Now is the crisis. Now is the pivot point. The judgment of this world. Because the world was plotting and preparing at this moment, to crucify the Messiah. Next it says, now. As he is about to walk into this part of his life, he says, now shall the prince, showing the effectiveness of Satan's rule, that the writer would call him a prince or a ruler, Now shall the prince, or even Jesus choosing those words, now shall the prince of this world be cast out. We're at a a crisis, a pivot point. This is the change. And at this point, he's evicted. His power as a ruler is being undone. And then he said, and I, if I be lifted up from the earth will draw all men unto me, this signifying what form of death that he should die. Crucifixion. But he said clearly at the understanding, at this pivot point, at this change point in all of history, he said, and I, if I, really, and I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. Jesus promised that after the payment of his death by crucifixion that the curse of the fall of Adam would be reversed. Satan's dominance would be dissolved. He'd be cast out. He'd be expelled, ejected, to drive out, to strip of all authority. Jesus said in Mark chapter 3, verse 27, no man can enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods except he first bind the strong man, and then he will spoil his house. This was the moment of the spoiling of his house. Through the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the head of the serpent that so bitterly wounded the heel of mankind was permanently crushed by the heel of Jesus Christ. At the judgment of Satan and his being cast out, Jesus declared that he would draw All men (coughs) unto himself. I didn't write it. I didn't say it. He wrote it. He said it. When I'm lifted up, I will draw all men unto myself. The word draw, when we take that word in its Greek and its sense, it means a very strong attraction power. A pull with force. In the Greek, it can be used to describe a magnetic attraction. God, out of his passionate love for his broken humankind, that he, with his own hands formed from the dust of the earth, breathed the purity of his breath into the nostrils, saw the fall of man, crushed by the wounding of his pure creation, chose himself to robe in flesh, knowing that it was man who gave dominion of this world to Satan. So he came just like Adam as a man to take back what Adam had rendered to Satan. So out of the passionate love for his broken humankind, he paid the ultimate price to redeem fallen humankind by dying a cruel death on the cross of Calvary as an innocent lamb. Ever since, ever since Calvary, he pulls at every man's heart. Can we say every man's heart? Every man's heart. Brother Mike, everyone in the First Nation, he's pulling at their heart. My dear brother Wagner from the other side of Canada gave me a tush, told me a testimony, and maybe some of you have heard it, and I'm not sure, but he said that there was a man who was from the First Nation who walked in the back door of the church. He said he was a big, powerful man, stood above all the rest, and everybody kind of got a little bit nervous because they weren't expecting him. He just he came in, and he came in and sat down. But thanks be to God that the body of Christ wasn't intimidated by a guest in the house. And they continued to worship like normal. And as the service went on and the Spirit of the Lord began to move in, people began to speak in another tongue as the Spirit of the Lord gave utterance. While the service was still happening, before the time of the preaching of the word, the man stood up in the center of the congregation and said aloud, He said, Sir, may I say something? Pastor was a little bit nervous and said, Gave him permission. But he didn't expect what was next. He walked down the aisle, came up to the front. <laughs> and he turned around and he said, When I was a young lad, standing out on the top of a mountain, seeing the beauty of a sunset, and seeing the glory of all of the creation, I spoke and I said, I don't know who the God is who created all this, but whoever could do this, I want to know. And he said, as soon as I said, I want to know, something came on me. And he said, I began to speak in a language I did not know. And he said, all these years, I've wondered who that is. But when I walked through your doors and I came into your church, I heard the exact same thing that I was speaking on the side of the mountain. And I said, this is it. This is what I'm looking for. How did that happen? I don't care how many piercings they have. I don't care how much of their body's covered in tattoo. I don't care if they're a terrorist or not a terrorist. He's drawing at their hearts. And he said that if he'd go to the cross of Calvary, I will draw all men. Unequivocally, there's none alive. That at some point in time, even if they don't know Jesus Christ, he's still pulling at their hearts because he'll do it through nature. He'll do it through whatever he has to do to reach a heart. Come on up, brother. I need some young, strapping, healthy men. You know what that is? Not really. Not really? Okay. That's a magnet. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Now, why don't you just show everybody. Come on. (sighs) There you go. Pull, 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 pull. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, take them apart. (laughs) Now I want you to put them together. I want you to get them uh, within just a couple centimeters and don't let them click. (laughs) (laughs) What's the problem? They just click together. (laughs) What's the cause? okay you can stay for just a bit uh go ahead and pull them apart again there we go now hold this one this way now i want you to put them together again no no they got to be together straight on just like they were before why are you shaking <laughs> what's the problem You put them together before, and it could go together. What's up? They're not going together. (laughs) They're not going together. Okay. You go ahead and be seated for a bit. (laughs) He'll never forgive me. (laughs) But I'm not done yet. (laughs) You see, he said, I'm drawing. With force, with force, I'm pulling. Strong force, I'm pulling. And it's not just you, it's everybody. But you need to understand it takes a positive and a negative to have a connection. When you have, these are each 100 pounds, so excuse me. When you have a negative, a positive, and a positive, they repel. So when we think about that, if you're here today, And he's tugging at your heart, and you're saying, I can take care of myself. I don't need God. I've got my act together. I'm okay. That's your positive coming against his positive, and irregardless of how strong his pull is, he can't reach you. It will always repel. But if you're sitting here tonight and you're saying in your heart, I'm so broken. I'm such a mess. I don't know if there's hope for me. A positive. And the negative will always connect. It's the reason why two times he said he resists the proud. But he doles out the grace to the humble. So it doesn't matter where you've come from and what your walk has been. It doesn't matter the mistakes that you've made in your life. He, you are here tonight and you have in the songs, you didn't understand, tears came to your eyes, but what you were feeling wasn't the singers, it was the touch of Jesus, it was the pull of the Holy Spirit, and you may sat there and thought, that's wonderful, but it's not for me, I'm so broken, I'm here to tell you, it's every bit for you, and you're here today because of the pull of Jesus Christ, and it takes the negative and the positive to come together, and when they come together, then you will find a change that transforms within your life. Let me continue. I will all draw, draw all men. I want you to consider the terrorist that is drawn by the face of the one that he executes. So they set the coats down while Saul gave witness. But there was something about the face of Stephen that he wasn't going to ever get out of his brain. It kept pulling on his mind. We may have killed him, but we couldn't kill his spirit. Even at the point of death, he was still speaking. There was something emanating out of him that was pulling on the terrorist who was holding the coats of those who stone, Because God is pulling even on the terrorist. Jesus told Peter in Matthew chapter 16, I will build my church. Upon this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell... The powers and the stratagems of hell shall not prevail, cannot overcome the church. His pull, his presence is so powerful. Jesus said, I'm going to build my church. The gates of hell shall not prevail or overcome against it. And he said, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. I want you to notice tonight the two I wills. First of all, he said, I will build my church. It is spiritual business that happens in the unseen world. He is building his church. He is at work. But the second I will is he says I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom. God work God's kingdom work entails a collaborative action between God's building and our actions of yielding to him and being sensitive to him and allowing his spirit to flow through us because he was lifted up from this earth his presence and his power as a human being as a man is not drawing but he put his spirit that is with now within us and he is not here physically himself but his presence which dwells within me is just the same as the one that was in the man Jesus Christ who dwells within me and pulls at people's hearts and you under, have to understand yes God can be in heaven pulling at people's hearts but I want you to understand before you leave this day that God's power dwells within you and there's something that you have and an advantage you have with the Holy Ghost that nobody else in this world has. Anybody who does not have the Holy Ghost is at a disadvantage from you. And I don't care where you go to school. And I don't care how dark it may seem. And I don't care what the obstacles may appear to be before you. You've got the advantage because you've got the Holy Ghost. You can walk into anywhere and instantly be an advantage. After his death by crucifixion, his burial and resurrection, having stripped Satan of his authority, having expelled him and plundered his house, Jesus took back from Satan that which Satan had no right to. And just before his ascension, Jesus commanded his his disciples, behold, I send the promise of my father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued, till you are clothed with power. In the Greek, it's dynamen, from which we get our word dynamite. You're going to be enclothed with power. We're not talking about some little soft pansy thing. We're talking about he's clothed us with far more than we sometimes are willing to understand and accept that is within us. We have the almighty God dwelling within us. His spirit dwells within us. And what he desires today is for this body of believers that is in this city to wake up to whom they are and to wake up to what's within their heart so that God can begin to use you in ways and avenues that you have not yet allowed him to use because you didn't understand who you were and what you had within you. So good. Yes. Jesus is saying, Not only have I overcome and overthrown Satan with my power, through my death, burial, and resurrection, but I will empower you with the same dynamic power. Go to Jerusalem and wait till it happens. And when it happens, it will enclose you. It will, you will be endued, which is, means to be enclosed with power. Right. So they went to Jerusalem in Acts chapter 1. And being assembled together with them, Jesus commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem. Excuse me, uh, this is this command um, again in, in the account that's in uh, from Luke as he begins to tell the story again in the book of Acts. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which, saith he, you have heard of me. John truly baptized, submerged you in water, but you shall be baptized. Submerged with the Holy Ghost. When you're submerged, you're coming up almost gasping for air, and you're completely drenched. It's dripping from you. He said, go back, and I will do this for you. I will baptize you with the Holy Ghost not many days hence, Verse number 8. But you shall receive power, dunamis, miraculous power, might, strength, force, energy, after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, after you've been supervened and overflowed by the Spirit of the Holy Spirit, and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the othermost parts of the earth. I want to awaken you to the fact that you are oftentimes a witness when you have no clue that you're being a witness. And I want you to understand the devil wants to keep you in darkness to the witness that you actually have that you're unaware of. What would happen if the whole body of Christ began to understand who they were, what they were clothed with, and the power that was emanating from them that, see, we sometimes are ignorant about? Uh, right. yes, sir. So on the day of Pentecost, that power fell with a supernatural empowerment that was requisite to equip the church for the task for, of the mission that was before it. God placed his conquering spirit within humankind. They not only reflect his glory by nature of creation, but are now imbued, filled until permeation occurs with the very spirit and power of God. With his spirit, you have the advantage. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 7, Paul calls it the gift of grace of God given to me by the effective working of his power effect of working is two words in english in the original greek it is one word energia you see satan always counterfeits god i don't know if it's here in canada but the eastern religion and all of the things that are out there the big word is energy Energy healing. Energy this, energy that. That has been that is a complete counterfeit. You have the real energy. And I'm not trying to be coy and I'm not trying to be cute about it. I'm trying to say you have to understand what they're doing is simply coming up or trying to come up with a counterfeit for what you have. And I'm trying to awaken you to understand when you've got the Holy Ghost, as Paul says, you're imbued and you are completely clothed and you are energized. This is the energy of the spirit that's within you. Paul then prays and he says, In verses 19 and 20 of Ephesians chapter 3, same chapter, he says, To know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him, after he says that, now to him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think, according to the power that works in us. But we've been lied to by the Satan. He doesn't want you to understand because you, you think constantly, well, I'm a human and I make mistakes. And yes, every single one of us make mistakes, but that doesn't take away the power of the Spirit. It doesn't, it doesn't diminish. I will say and I will admit that the longer you stay away from prayer and the longer you stay away from the presence of the Almighty, which is the source of the energy, the weaker your energy becomes till you finally reach a point where you're going to try and nothing's going to happen because you stayed away so long from the source. But I can tell you, you're in the presence of the Lord tonight and just being in this house, your body and yourself is absorbing something that's in this room. And when you come into this place, and you find a closet of prayer, and he comes into that prayer room and begins to meet with you, you become saturated and you begin to take on an energy and a power that you are so oftentimes unaware of. Uh, yes. Uh, yes. Yes. Such power working in us is actually nothing less than the presence of God Himself. This remarkable power of God is thus imparted unto us, and it is energized in us by the Holy Spirit, it's not of ourselves. Peter confirms this, and I want to back, walk back a little bit and even take a look quickly at Moses in the Old Testament Acts, in Exodus chapter 33 when he was pleading with God. He said, God, if your presence, your, for your presence among us set your people and me apart from all the people on the earth. Your presence among us sets your people and me apart from all the people on the earth. Peter says, but you, but you are a chosen generation. You're a royal priesthood. Royal priesthood. That means a king is royalty and your priest in his domain. That means that you are a kingdom of priests. That means that you don't have to <clears throat> excuse me, have a mediator in your life to be able to be filled with the power of God. That means that you don't have to pray for the pastor and it's not all, nothing bad with asking him to pray with you, but he can't pray for you. Because God gave you the power to pray. That's the reason why he tells us that you shall lay hands upon the sick and they shall recover. You don't have to. And it's okay if you want to call pastor. But what he's trying to get the body to understand is you're the priesthood. You're the royal priesthood. And you don't know and understand what's within you. And he's saying these hands shall lay upon the sick and they shall recover. You've got to understand that doesn't come with a license that goes into somebody's pocket. Matter of fact, I hope that it happens in your life before you ever get the license because a license ought to be confirming what's already moving out of your life. Amen. Yes. That means it happens for everyone that is here if you'll just understand who you are and what you have. And I'll try to hasten. These signs... Signs are evidence of the inherent power. Shall follow, shall accompany, shall follow them that believe. Are there any believers in the house? These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven, and they went forth, and they preached everywhere, the Lord working with, which means in and through them, and confirming the word with signs following. You see, Satan's desires to keep us unaware and ignorant of the power that's inherent within those who are filled with his Holy Spirit. He desires to keep us ignorant or to render us as inert or weak by distraction, busyness, pleasure, so that we do not spend enough time recharging our spiritual electrodes through the devotion and appropriate physical rest and care of ourselves. The longer, as I said, you go without breakthrough prayer, the more susceptible we come to those negative influences. Everything in the universe. And if we can... Go to the slides. Everything in the universe is made up of electrical powers, or particles. The air we breathe, the water we drink, the food that we eat. All substance and all matter is the electromolecular compositions. The earth is a magnet. Next slide. The earth is a magnet. It has its own magnetic field, north and south poles, a positive and a negative. And it interacts with all other magnets. Think of that. I'm going to bring it home in a moment to waken you up to what I'm talking about. It interacts with all other magnets. I have a compass in my hand. A compass, the presence of the field is what makes the compass, excuse me, the the presence of that magnetic field that is coming from the North Pole is what causes the compass, which is nothing more than a little pin that is suspended inside of a glass case. So it's, it's suspended so it can easily spin. But it's a magnet. The presence of the power coming from the North Pole because magnets interact with other magnets. We just gave you that example. The greater magnet always pulls the lesser. That's how this works. So if I'm out in the woods on a man-up adventure (laughs) or like my son and I got in the middle of a blowdown that we thought blowdowns typically are only a few hundred feet, and we went for an hour and didn't get out of the blowdown, it destroyed all paths, destroyed all the signs. We had to figure out where the road was because we weren't going to keep walking because we weren't going to make it. What do you get out? The the magnet. Because there's a bigger magnet. And it's going to tell me where north is, then I can decide where the road is based upon that. You know what's happening here for some people tonight? The bigger magnet has been working on your heart. You've been looking for a road. You've been trying to find your way out of a mess. You're lost. Just let, just let the bigger magnet pull and give you the direction. That's what's taking place as we're here tonight. So that small magnetic pin spins freely. Because the weaker responds to the greater. But consider this. Next slide. There's the Earth's magnetic field. It's just on a little bit of a tilt. But consider this. Next slide. Every human is a magnetic field, every heartbeat. Is a completion of a positive and a negative. And every heartbeat generates an electromagnetic wave that goes throughout the blood vessels of the body and stimulates the tissues at cellular level. Every cell in your body has its own electromagnetic field just like the last slide of the earth just imagine that's a cell that's in every single cell but god in his massive design every single organ has its own electromagnetic field but within the body they all collaborate Nothing happens in your body without an electromagnetic exchange between cells. All intracellular activity, extracellular communication, happens via bioelectrical signals and electromagnetic fields. These natural EMFs, electromagnetic fields, help regulate important biochemical procti- pro- processes of all kinds. Maintaining balance in those cellular electromagnetic fields is crucial to your physical health. It was God who put the electromagnetic field as part of our very tissue. Every organ, as I said, works through it for the sake of the whole. Do you know what an EKG is? It's an electrocardiogram that measures the electromagnetic activity of the heart. Do you know what an electrocardiogram electroencephalogram is, an EEG, it measures the magnetic activity of the brain. A magnetic resonance imaging is an MRI. Because science has discovered it, and when tissue is damaged, and when a body is sick, or let's just take it this way, I've been teaching for six hours all week, been having meetings every night. And do you know what? I don't have a lot of energy. We say, I don't have a lot of energy, and that's the exact truth we're speaking. We don't even know what we're speaking because when you become exhausted in your cells because of the lack of sleep and all the push, your cells and your whole body and every, your electromagnetic field and everything starts to lose its energy. As a matter of fact, do you know how they know that you're dead? <laughs> <laughs> so they can take and put you in a tube and turn you around and put magnets and all these things, and they can tell everything in 3D about your body because of how you're... S- if, if, it, if there's a tumor that's an abnormality, if there's something there, and the electromagnetic field's not normal because that is an abnormal product of the body. So I don't want to go into all the details. I'm just helping you understand. This is real. You are, as you see on the screen, electromagnetic field. So again, the healthier, undamaged cells, hence a healthier body, have a stronger electromagnetic field. I went through all of this science, Simply to tell you, the healthier you are, the stronger your electromagnetic field. If that might be true in the physical, do you think it might be true in the spiritual? Contrawise, weaker damaged cells and tissue. Weaker magnetic field and a higher propensity for disease. Hmm. The weaker, the more likely and prone you are to disease. So our bodies are a mass of controlled electromagnetic fields, and I want to hasten on. In an electromagnetic experimentation, science cloaked hunters with electromagnetic blocking clothing and have been able to send them into a herd of elk undetected. So apparently God uses our electromagnetic fields to communicate to others too. What you don't understand is, is that your one trillion or whatever number of cells in your body and your electromagnetic field in your body It emanates from the area of your chest. And I think if you can go to the next picture. It emanates from the area of your chest, as you can see in this picture here. And it can be detected by instruments up to 15 feet away. We innately call this our personal space. The electromagnetic field of a normal electromagnetic, excuse me, the the eternal magnetic fields and the normal electromagnetic fields produced by the body interact. So the magnetic field passing through, will pass through our body as we pass somebody. Not only that, again, if there are other areas of electromagnetic fields that are out there besides human, they're going to also affect our bodies, and I left my cell phone down there. If you're having trouble getting a signal, stick your cell phone to your head because it will help by taking your electromagnetic field and advancing your cell phone signal. But while you're being so brilliant to make your reception better, you need to understand also that the cell phone that you just stuck to your head has got a lot of electromagnetic stuff going on that might be just damaging your brain. (laughs) But come again. So what I'm trying to tell you tonight, and thank you for being patient with me. Over there, just over there. There we go. Very good. So when I and walking down the street or walking down the corridor of my job or in the store, and I meet someone walking towards me, once we get within a certain spot, all one trillion cells of his body are literally, subliminally, are being communicated by all one million cells of my body. Now, what that means is, I might be praying I have my head down, or I'm tying my shoes, or I'm busy. Somebody walks into the room that I didn't hear, but somehow I know they're there. I never saw them. What happens is my magnetic field is subliminally has picked up the message of another field and is speaking to the mind. Someone has entered my private space, and I know it, and I don't even have to turn and see it because. Now, you think I'm all crazy, but all of this I can back up with science. It is reality. It's your magnetic field and that magnetic field communicating to one another. Has that ever happened to anybody? Okay, another one. Ooh. (laughs) Ah. Did you feel what I just felt when I walked by that guy? Have you ever done that? Oh, come on now. You guys are way too quiet. I'm getting nervous. (laughs) So let's just demonstrate to help you that you can see and understand. And before I do, let me tell you a story. Brother James Stewart pastored many years ago in Columbus, Ohio. He was also a university teacher. He learned that the university that he taught at was conducting a study on the human electromagnetic field. Brother Stewart, as a good apostolic, got a bright idea. Oh, they're looking for subjects that they like to pay to be part of this. Ha, I wonder if I could sneak some of my church people into this subject without them knowing. So he went to some of his church people and said, hey, we got a project done at the university. They're studying electromagnetic fields. Why don't you just go down and sign up and get a few bucks? So some people from the church agreed, anonymously or whatever. I don't know how it all happened, but they all went in there. They signed up, and they began to do all their testing, reading, looking at the levels of energies. And literally, they they say that as they study that there's different colors, which I'm not going to get into a lot. I don't even really care about all that. But what happened is, is that after the study was completed, they started to see that there was a spattering of people within the group that were completely, completely, completely different from all the rest of the subjects in the group. So they start figuring out, well, why why is Deb over here? And why is Bill? And And why is it only a handful of people out of all the subjects that are different? So they start trying to put together, well, let's find what is the common denominator between all these people that are different because there's only a handful of people in this study that are different because everybody else is the same. All of a sudden, it clicked. Hey, Jim, don't all these people attend your church? (laughs) Their electromagnetic field was completely different than everybody else's. All right. You still don't believe me? You're still quiet. (laughs) Sister Thompson, can you come help me? Let's see. Why don't we? Let's go down. We don't have to have a pulpit in the way. Come on down. the lights, there we go, like that? yep, that's good, yeah. all right, what I have in my hand is a small electrostimulator, it's kind of like a mini taser, <laughs> <laughs> how are you feeling, Good. Oh, good. <laughs> um, I asked Pastor Jack for somebody with a strong heart, so. He suggested him, so I hope it's still strong. (laughs) Nonetheless, what I want want you just to show you, and first of all, what we have is Thomas, go-go Thomas train shoes. Okay? So what happens is it's not magic. Your kids think it is. What happens is, is there happens to be in this shoe, three lights, three lights, that are sewn in there with a little wire that goes down to a battery in the heel. And when the child steps, the little uh, wire that is made to be a, uh, very easy to move opens and closes the circuit. The only way that shoe can light up is when the little wire bounces and touches and brings it so that the current can go through the wire and make the connection. So the way that these light up is by the power of a battery. As you notice, if you've bought these for your kids, sometimes though they, they don't like, they, kids do not outgrow them before they stop lighting up. But they made them with a battery just to last just long enough to figure you'll outgrow the shoe. Okay? So it's a battery. Now, without the use of a battery, because she's not gonna tap them, why don't you stand back just over here, listen? I made the lights in the shoe, not by the batteries, but because I gave it a little bit of electricity. Okay? Now, is air a good conductor of electricity? No. Is water? Yeah. Okay? So because of that, wow. I'm getting about 18 inches away, and that's about all the closer I can get to light the shoe up through the air, okay? Because air is not a good conductor of electricity. Now, what I'd like for you to do. <laughs> I'm going to ask you, I'm, I'm going to shock you while you're touching the shoe, and we're gonna see if the shoe lights up. <laughs> Uh, do you mind holding the mic? But before I do, just so that you know that there's no harm done, I'm going to let you shock me. Okay. And I have a good heart. So. Okay. Okay. You come on this side. So you can do this hand. Put it on my hand. Push it so it snaps. <laughs> <laughs> it's not bad. It's not bad. Don't worry about it. It'll be okay. okay. Brother Woodward, where, you do funerals, right? Okay. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> Are you ready? Wait, yes. I'm going to move back. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> So can you step back just a bit? Just, no, this way so people can see. There you go. I'm way more than those that distance. It's going through his body to the shoe. Come on up. Yeah. <laughs> can you hold his hand? <laughs> you ever heard of the electric fence trick? No? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Are you ready you want to look at a shoe don't look at me look at a shoe no no you're fine i can see i want the people behind you able see there you go hmm pretty cool all right pastor <laughs> <laughs> my friend <laughs> All right, Pastor Jack. <laughs> I want you to understand, no, no no, pressure on Brother Pastor Jack here, but each body becomes a little more of a resistor. I'm only going to go so far before there's so much resistance that I can't get that shoe to light up. Don't be the resistor. Just kidding. <laughs> okay. You want to look that way? Excuse me. All right, you guys may be seated. You get to stay. (laughs) We had an elderly lady in our church that came into our church, and um, she had had the Holy Ghost and baptized in Jesus' name. She passed away, but she wasn't from our community. And it was probably a three, four-hour trip up to Grand Rapids, Minnesota, to where near the area, which actually is called Kettle River. And so we called the pastor of the church in Grand Rapids and said, I said, we got a lady here that has passed away and her family lives near Grand Rapids. Would you let us use your church for a funeral? Oh, sure. He said, no problem. He says, matter of fact, why don't you let our church fix food for this funeral for you? No problem. We took about 10, 9, 10 people from our church. so all we had with us. Drove the three, four hours up to the funeral. And at the funeral, they had maybe eight, ten people, but the place was completely packed with people, with only a handful of the people that were in there were actually apostolics that had the Holy Ghost. I'm conducting the funeral. I get to the end of the funeral, and the Lord says to me, at the conclusion of the funeral, I want you them have them all stand, and I want you to have all of them hold hands. They're going to have to come across the aisles, and everybody in the place, I want to have them hold hands. And I'm like, God, this is a funeral. (laughs) He says, that's what I want you to do. okay. I had them all hold hands. I got over into the side. It went back and forth, scattered in and out through there. There may have been an apostolic here and there hanging into the hand, but everybody in the building was holding hands. And all I did was prayer, simple prayer. And after the funeral, this is what was said. Did you feel the electricity go through? There's people in that church today because of that prayer. Wow. Wow. Wait, I don't have nothing? Oh yes, you do. Oh, yeah. right. Right. Think about this. You're sitting at the coffee shop, some guy's next to you come and sits down or nearby, and you start to strike up a conversation. Within 20 seconds, he's spilling his guts. You don't even know the dude. You know what he's saying? Man, I only met you 20 seconds ago. I don't know why I'm doing this. I just seem to be spilling my guts. I don't even know you. What in the world? He doesn't have a clue. You know what's going on? He's got the weaker, and you got the stronger. And he's sitting there. And all of a sudden, it's just pouring out of him because he doesn't understand. He hasn't a clue. It happens to you all the time. You're going to be somewhere. And all of a sudden, it just started, it'll happen to my wife all the time. People's just pouring their guts out. There. And they're literally, we've never met them. Do you want to know why? There's a stronger and the weaker always. Whoa. There's a hurt inside of that guy. There's something that's empty inside of that guy. And he doesn't know why he's talking to you. But what the truth is, is you've got something that he wants. And he doesn't even know how to articulate it. And he doesn't even know who you are. And he's sitting there. And he doesn't know. And he's sitting down and his, his compass is coming to you. And he's saying, I've got to talk to you. I don't even know why I'm talking to you. And we sit there and we blow it off when that's the moment you should say, do you mind if we pray? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can we hold hands? Oh, he's speaking in tongues. You've got it. And you're having opportunities after opportunities, but you're blind to what's emanating out of you. Even if you understand, even if you haven't prayed a day or two, I'm not saying you're going to lose it all in one or two days. You're not. Friends, you got to understand. We sit there and think, God can't use me because of this, because of that. Because, and you don't even know the whole time you're talking that he can't use you. It's emanating out of you. You come out of this service tonight, and I don't know if you go to a restaurant, on, uh, if we have a Sunday night service or tonight, you go in there, and it happens all the time to us. We walk into the restaurant together. Every head in the restaurant. They don't do that for anybody else who walks in. And it doesn't have to do anything with how I'm dressed because their head's turning before they even know what I'm dressed and who I am. Has it happened to you? I heard a yes, sir. Apostolics go in. It's the people in the restaurant. It's the weaker turning to the stronger. They are a magnetic field. You are a magnetic field, but yours is stronger. It is compelling. It is there. The Jesus inside of you is, is pulling on them, and you're not even aware that the Jesus inside of you is affecting the person you work next to. I'm here to wake up a church to help you to understand. You've got opportunities you don't know that are right before you because you've got the Holy Ghost, and you've got the advantage. All right. Seeing it emanates from your chest. And if you don't mind, just step up just a little bit. Let's see here. Is that one going? Yeah, both. both are going, okay. Mm-hmm. Did they light up? They can't, they can't see over there? Maybe you turn to the side. But then they can't see. Well, it's going to be hard to figure out how to get everybody to see. Video's got it, video's got it. okay. Now, I just want you to step back just a tiny bit. Lit up. Lit up. Step back a little bit. How's that shoe lighting up? How is there enough electricity to turn on lights in a shoe that's not the battery? And you don't think the Holy Spirit's more powerful than this little stimulator? You may be seated. Thank you. Let's give him a hand. I didn't continue the effort to see how far he could go for sake of time, but we've had people get as far as 10 feet away from the shoe and still light the shoe. Oh. How? Because it goes through their hand, out of their body, into the electromagnetic field, enough energy to turn the lights on inside that shoe. Wow. On Azusa Street, in the early days of the Pentecostal work, the mission Los Angeles they called it the fall line it was completely dependent upon the length the the strength of the power of their prayer and the line would move the fall line most of the time was outside of their building which was a storefront that would even extend out into the street that anybody who drove by would stop and come in and didn't know why Not only that, but there would be people who would be walking on the sidewalk and they would walk into that fall line and would be slain in the spirit who didn't even know what was happening to them. I'm not saying that's what we have to have or anything, but I'm only telling you that is in our recent history of what the power of God can do when you've got can you begin to do you understand 400 people sitting in this place with the amount of energy that is coming out of this place? We ought to be rocking this community. We are rocking this community. We've got to understand who we are and what is happening within us.. <clears throat> Alleluia, hallelujah. My wife and I were boarding a bus on the tarmac of the airport in Kathmandu, Nepal. Walked across the tarmac, got on the bus. The bus then drives us to the, on the tarmac over to our little prop job that we were transporting us down to a city called Nepal Gunj on the India border. We were given strict instructions because the missionary was under emergency surgery in the United States, and he wasn't there to be with us. We we're given very strict instructions because it's against the law for us to proselytize in any way in the country. It's a Hindu state. You get caught baptizing anybody. It's tough get kicked out of the country. So my strict instructions were I'm a tourist. So my wife and I, we walk out of the airport, and we walk over to this bus. We're the last two people to get on the bus. It's packed. So I'm standing, her and I are standing, right by the driver, by the steps by the driver, hanging on. Kind of behind us and off behind the driver, there's a guy sitting on the police. He turns to my wife and says, in perfect English, why are you here? She said, I'm a tourist. No, no. Why are you here? I'm a tourist. I don't know if he asked her three times or how many times, but then she kind of looks looks at me and says, aren't you my protector? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I turned to him, and understood what was going on I said, sir, we're, we are tourists he said, where are you traveling? well, I, this bus goes to that airplane and everybody on this bus is going to Nepal, Nepal he said, Nepal Gunj is not a tourist town have you ever been there before? no, sir when I got there, I saw he was exactly right and that they misnamed it from Nepal Grunge, should have been the Paul grunge. <laughs> it was not a tour city. So then he presses me a little bit further and he says, Who are you going to see? Oh, I said Brother Bobby Atacari," which I should have thought a little bit faster, because Bobby is an English, that's his baptism name, and his Nepalese name is about this long, and when they get baptized, they give up their. Name to take on something different because of their conversion. And I said, Bobby Atacari. I wasn't thinking, but I knew. I I should have said Mr. Atacari or something. I said, Bobby Atacari. Hmm. I don't think I know anybody by that name in my town. He says, Well, why are you visiting him? I said, He's a friend. He's a friend of mine. And he said, Well, what does he do? I said, He runs an orphanage. What's the name of his orphanage? I was getting so nervous I couldn't think, New Beginnings or whatever it's called, that just my mind's starting to go blank. And then he says, um, um, I don't think there's any orphanages in Nepal Gunj. And then he gives me a yes or no question. He says, Are you ministers of the gospel? And he's looking at both of us, and I said, Yes, sir. He relaxed, and he said, I thought so. He said, when you and your wife walked on the tarmac, got on the bus, God spoke to me and said, these are ministers of the gospel who are coming to tell you something. Meet with them. We were able to meet with him at a hotel, and began to share with him the oneness of God. He'd never ever heard any of these things before. Connected him with a missionary. I'm telling you stories only because they're familiar with myself. But there's so many stories that could be told in this room tonight to verify what I'm talking about. I'll leave you with just one more and bring it to a close tonight. Just a week, well, let's see, two weeks ago. Before I left to go to Winter Fire, um, we had a painter come into our house that we're renting in just outside of St. Louis, and he was, giving up, getting, we were, he was getting instructions from us. And we were talking, and, and like we normally do, we start chit-chat with him, and you know, and it isn't long. And guess what this guy's doing? Yeah, my my wife's expecting, but she's really sick. And she's got fibromyalgia, and we're really hoping that this doesn't mean anything with the baby. And and you can tell he's kind of feeling stupid because he's telling total strangers. Before he left, my wife said to him, "Do you mind if we pray for your wife?" Uh, "Why no." We held hands. When we got done praying, he had to turn his back quickly and go to the door because he didn't want us to see the tears that were in his eyes. But he left me his card. In the name of Jesus, I'll give that man a call when I get back home. I'm here to tell you, you have the Holy Ghost advantage. I'm talking to you as a couple. As you are united in unity, there's a synergy that makes it stronger than what each one of you together equally would be. Because if one can put to flight 1,000, two can put to flight 10,000. And the Bible tells me that he said that when he died, the powers of darkness that ruled the world were broken. And now you have the power. And he wants to keep you in the darkness because he took the keys back from Satan and he gave them to the church. I will build the church, but you're going to need to cooperate with me. But I won't give you a job you can't fulfill. I'll endure you. I will imbue you. I will saturate you. I will fill you with the power to accomplish a mission. Dear Father. Oh God. Awaken us here tonight to the drawing ability of your spirit and the opportunities that are before us that will lead to the simplicity of asking for a Bible study because they don't understand. But it isn't me. It's not me that they're drawn to. It's the Christ in me. And we are the ones who have the answers to this world's problem. When you walk into, if there's a young person here and they walk into their public school, they have to understand they have the advantage over anybody in that school. It doesn't matter what the bullies are. It doesn't matter what's going on. You have got the advantage over everybody that's there. When you walk into a classroom at a college, you got to understand you've got the advantage over all those people. You need to understand in your department there's no one who's got an advantage like you do. In your workplace you may be the only light, but you've got to be the light because God is depending upon us humans to join with Him in His work and He gave us the power so that we could do it. It's within you and I'm asking you tonight to make a commitment because I'm asking God tonight to give every person in this room an opportunity within the next two weeks where they see an incident take place where something happens in their life where a magnet begins to twir- turn towards them. An opportunity opens up where someone starts to ask them a question and they're going to be able to have the boldness uh, in the Holy Ghost to begin to speak. And this is going to result in people uh, getting Bible studies. This is going to result in people coming into the kingdom because he gave you and he gave it to me. He didn't just give it to the pastor, but he gave it to every single person in this room who's filled with the Holy Ghost. Uh, you are empowered with the Spirit of God and it's emanating out of your body uh, and And every person you walk by uh, your spirit is more powerful than any spirit that they can have and it doesn't matter what the devil comes against you with uh, he cannot defeat you because Jesus Christ said that the powers of the gates of hell shall not prevail against his church Uh, help us to understand who we are tonight uh, to rise up to the challenge as a church and as a body of Jesus Christ Let us stand. Come on, let's talk to Jesus right now. Hallelujah. You want to know why God gave you that job? He didn't give you that job just for the paycheck. Thank God for the paycheck. He put you strategically in a place because there's somebody there who's in need of you. Do you know why God puts you where you are? When you're walking through that grocery store, in that very clerk that you walk up to, oftentimes it's nothing about happenstance. It's God who's put you in that position because you've got the Spirit. You are His. Art. You are His light. You are His reflection in this world. You're His image bearer to a world and the power of God is moving out of you and people are sensing and people are turning and oh God the hour is ripe and the people are hungry Lord Jesus, in our confused world, uh, they're looking for the real thing. Oh God, in the pseudo churches, uh, in the churches, oh God, without the power of the Spirit, they have nothing. Uh, They may have a show, but they don't have what we've got. Uh, The power is not present. Uh, And oh Lord Jesus, I pray, uh, Lord God, for every person in this room. Uh, Right now, Lord Jesus, I'm asking you to give everyone in this room an opportunity in the next two weeks uh, to see an incident uh, and an opportunity to be obedient to the Spirit uh, and take advantage of what God has opened up because they've got the Holy Ghost advantage uh, where they can reach out and say, can we have prayer? Here's my phone number. Let's get together in the name of Jesus. We're going to have testimonies uh, that come to pastor, oh God, uh, that are going to say, this week uh, it happened for me. This week it took place. Uh, Oh, someone began to talk to me uh, and I understood this was my window of opportunity and I began to pray and the tears started to come from their face. In the name of Jesus Christ, uh, in the name of Jesus Christ, uh, we thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Uh, God, for your power, for your spirit, Lord God, for the opportunity to serve you, Lord God, to be your vessel. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus.